Welcome back to the Bushnell Project and our study in Hebrews as we head toward chapter 3 here and just trying to encourage you guys again in reading God's Word, being in the Word, whether you're listening to it or reading it, studying it, going deeper and going through one of my favorite letters, the letter of Hebrews, probably written by Paul, but it is disputed, so we'll just leave it alone since Paul himself does not or the author does not identify himself. So just to uh, knock that one down. And looking at chapter 3, first part of that, let's just uh, read and continue on. Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus the apostle and high priest of our confession, who was faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus ha- Jesus has been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. For every house ha- is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. So, all right, so that's chapter 3, verses 1 through 6, and looking at what he's been saying so far. Right, So first he established that Jesus is greater than the angels, and now he's going to establish that Jesus is also, in fact, greater than Moses. And so it begs to ponder who's greater. Maybe in the Hebrews' eyes were, were angels greater than man, yet Moses greater than angels. Well, let's consider this. Let's look at today. If you go into a Christian bookstore or maybe even into just a hobby store of some sort, you are probably going to find an area where there are little statues of what? Of angels. Now, don't see many statues of Moses, to be honest with you. Maybe the Ten Commandments, but not necessarily of Moses, right? But we do have lots of little figurines, Christmas decorations, other things of angels. So we seem to have a little bit of a fixation on angels. So it's not maybe far-fetched to think back in a day when One of the ways that God communicated to the people was through angels. And they were, in a sense, a keeper of the Mosaic law. So that they were these beings that could come down from God and and fly. And some of them apparently were visible to people. And we see some of the stories in the Old Testament where angels are definitely do appear. And so there is a mysticism to him. I'm not sure if that really word fits, but a, a sort of a glorified maybe would be the right word that we have glorified angels even to this day. And so the author is saying, look, angels are nothing compared to Jesus. Get Try to put that in your head. Nothing compared to, to Jesus. No angel wants to be even thought of instead of Jesus or have a statue built of them or anything like that. They are about worshiping God. They are about glorifying God. They are about ministering to us so that we can accomplish the work that God has placed us here 
on planet Earth for this season. So those are the angels. And then with Moses, Moses was the human instrument used to author the law, the old, the first part of the Old Testament. And so he's greatly esteemed by many, by many Hebrews especially, right? So you look at the Mosaic law and you look at all the things attributed to Moses. And so that's a, that's a pretty big deal, right? So now he's establishing that Moses is, is like a house. And you might say, man, this house is awesome. This house is incredible. This house is amazing. Well, who built it? <laughs> God built it. So God gets the glory. The house is simply the creation of someone. And that creator, in Moses' case, is God the Father. So how do we apply that to our life today? How does Hebrews chapter 3, these first few verses, really fly in our face, gentlemen? Is, is how are we really looking to God, the author and finisher of our faith, to help us, to guide us, to help us in the essence of walking with Him and, and being a man of God and growing in our understanding of him growing in favor with God. And then as far as marriage goes, realizing God's the one that created marriage. So how am I vesting in marriage the way God would want me to? How am I investing in my marriage the way God has told me to? What am I doing to make my marriage great in a way that is accurate to God's wishes? And so what are we looking at, gentlemen? What are we reading? What are we thinking about? What are we pondering those are one aspect of it. How do we treat our wife when she's around? Or how do we speak about our wife when she's not around? What are what are we doing to try to speak her love language? If she loves words of affirmation, have you written her a note lately? Well, you should probably do that. If she loves gifts, have you gone out of your way to think through what might be a great gift for her that she would really go, wow, man, he's really thinking of me, and get her a gift? If it's physical touch, have you spent some time with her that has nothing to do with sex, right? So it's just holding her hand or letting her lay her head on your chest or sitting next to her while she watches something, while she flips through her phone on Instagram, whatever, right? That That's just the physical touch or quality time, spending time with her where you're both doing something, maybe separate things, but you're doing it together or you're just running errands together or she needs to go do something. You say, honey, how about if I go with you? You're spending quality time. So just to encourage you guys in those things, my wife's love language is acts of service. So keeping her gas tank full, changing a light bulb, taking the trash out, uh, cleaning up the kitchen after dinner, or even grilling out, keeping the hot tub functioning. Those kind of things is speaking her love language. So figure out what her love language is and speak it, right? So... Just some ways for us to be practical in, in taking care of the house, if you will, that God has built and taking care of it the way God wants us to take care of it. So he did not give us a house to worship the house. He gave us a house, if you want to use that analogy, of marriage and of our relationship with him and our relationship with our wife so that we can function and grow and mature and become a light in a dark world, reflect the greatness of God, reflect his light. So be satisfied in the stuff of God. And the more satisfied we are in the stuff of God, like marriage, 
like cherishing and loving our wives, then the more we will glorify God. God bless you guys. Have a great day.